0: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Project Prediction Series. My name is Hannah Bay, and I will be your host. Today, we will be taking a closer look at what the future may hold for us through a hot and rather controversial topic, gene modification. The recurring question of what if, along with esteemed guests, will help us explore the endless effects that the reality of designer babies will bring us as we think about the theoretical and ethical aspects that come with it. Will it bring benevolence to humankind by eliminating deadly genetic diseases? Or will it create even more controversy as its power is abused to create humans who could be considered super, or even subhuman, opening a new sort of discrimination in the process? Let's find out through a glimpse into the future first.
1: Good morning, Miss JG and Miss EK. To start with this interview, tell us your educational background.
2: I graduated from the University of California with a bachelor's degree in computer engineering in the year 2327.
3: What a surprise! I graduated from the same place with the same major and degree too. But how
2: come I haven't seen you on campus? Oh, I took classes in the new upper wing of the campus that was built in 2298.
1: So. Oh, I've heard of that new section. Isn't that place only for genetically modified students? You are very lucky to have attended such a great school as an excelling
2: student. Yes, I was honored to go there and be able to experience all see had to offer for me. I'm very lucky that my parents were able to modify me into a perfect child. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but maybe proceed with the interview. You know, after hearing about Miss JG's
1: backstory, I'm honored to hire you as one of our company's employees. You start tomorrow and welcome to the team, Rookie.
2: Thank you so much! I won't let you down!
1: As for you, Miss EK, I'm very sorry, but the interview is over now.
3: Excuse me? I thought all applicants were allowed to have an hour, regardless if they were genetically modified or not.
1: After having a conversation with you both, I can tell that JG has the characteristics of the type of employee we want. I apologize, but I'm just selecting the best applicants suitable for this job and company. Good day, Miss UK. E.
0: While listening to this interviewing session, something didn't add up. Anyone can notice that the interviewer clearly favored JG, the applicant who was genetically modified, and flagrantly created a typical bias that is seen in this particular future. The two also graduated with the same degree from the same college, but compared to JG's innate superiority, it seems like EK's endeavor was futile. Although this isn't a future guaranteed to happen anytime soon, it is a possible one if gene modification becomes a reality.
1: Where the devil is Hannah? Isn't she supposed to be the host for today's episode? Some sort of sci-fi geek she is.
3: About that, she's getting some people to spill some tea later. Literally.
1: Ugh, whatever. Sorry dear listeners, it seems like we'll be hosting for now until Hannah comes back. Speaking of hosting, how about we take a look at Gene Modification's influence on pop culture. My name's Mila Zhu, and I'm one of the connoisseurs of the show along with Eileen Kim here. You got that right! So in the past
3: two centuries, we have seen countless types of fictional media, such as novels, TV shows, and movies, that explore the topic of bioengineering and gene modification. One of these pieces is Kazuo Ishiguro's novel Never Let Me Go, a highly praised work that delves into a fictional world where human cloning is considered
1: revolutionary to harvest organs for natural-born humans to use. Never Let Me Go is definitely worthy of the praise it gets. It explores the potential society issues resulting from humanity's desire to play the role of God. To further explore the societal impact human genome manipulation can bring in the future, Andrew Nicole addresses the concern of genetic discrimination in the work field when human in the not-so-distant future in film Gattaca 1997.
3: Could you elaborate on that?
1: Well, in a movie, there are two types of people in the world. The invalid, the ones that are naturally born, and the valid, the ones with all the genes modified immune to diseases and imperfectness in appearances. Despite the legal regulations banning genetic discrimination, The invalids are limited to menial jobs due to their genes and a world where people are valued based on genetic makeup rather than their merits and abilities.
3: So there's a possibility of a similar situation in the future? A possibility of increasing discrimination rather than decreasing
1: it? Yes, although there are regulations for genetic discrimination, it's hard to say that the similar situation will happen when technology allows gene modification to become a reality. Companies will face hardships when balancing between the equality for all candidates during recruitment and the desire to hire people with excelling abilities to help the company to become more powerful.
3: Besides the possibility of increase in genetic discrimination, what are other ethical issues when it comes to drawing lines in human gene
1: editing? We need to differentiate between somatic cells editing and germline editing. Somatic cell editing means the modification of body cells other than reproductive cells and is usually used in treating inherited diseases. The germline editing is the modification of reproductive cells meaning that the changes can be heritable. If journal editing becomes a reality in the future, mutations in the genes can be heritable and can cause disruption of human gene pool.
3: I feel like that could also relate to the concerns Jennifer Dona mentions in her TED talk. Jennifer Dona? Mm-hmm. Ms.
1: Dona invented CRISPR technology. Oh, CRISPR technology has definitely impacted gene modification.
3: Yes, it made genetic engineering much more popular. And Miss Dona goes into depth about it in her TED talk. Actually, she mentions that genome engineering has been around since the
1: 1970s. The 1970s?
3: Yeah, although we've had the technology to copy, sequence, and even manipulate DNA, the technologies were either inefficient or too difficult to use. Enter CRISPR, the exact opposite of these problems. That's what makes it so attractive to scientists.
1: I can see how attractive it is. But didn't you say Ms. Donut addresses ethical concerns?
3: There are many concerns and debates concerning CRISPR and gene modification as a whole. In response, Ms. Donut and her colleagues call for the pause of clinical application of CRISPR technology. They intend to give the world more time to think about the ethics and consider implications that using the technology would have. It's a responsible move. I can't imagine what chaos society would have been thrown in had research and application never paused. Wow, it's so interesting and
0: terrifying how gene modification can dehumanize clones and create a whole entire caste system all at the same time. I've been meaning to ask Mila and Eileen earlier, but I was too busy to ask them. How would cloning and gene modification become a reality? Luckily, we have Dr. Jenny to give us a brief overview on the technology that has turned the tides on gene modification. CRISPR.
2: take it away doc! Well, CRISPR stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. CRISPR has two components, the Cas9 protein and a guide RNA. The Cas9 protein acts as a special pair of scissors to cut DNA. Meanwhile, the guard RNA recognizes the sequence of the DNA to be edited, similar to how a leader guides followers to a specific goal. So how do these two proteins work? According to Mayo Clinic, after scientists identify the sequence of a human genome to alter, they create a specific guide RNA to recognize that sequence. The guide RNA is attached to the case 9 protein, allowing this to snip at the DNA. This complex is later transferred to the target cells, where the target sequence is located and cut. Then, scientists can edit the genome however they want. Interesting! Say,
0: wouldn't you think that scientists are doing arts and crafts with genetic information? It's like they're making paper snowflakes, creating the designs that they want, just like how they snip at DNA to get the desired segments
2: in or out. Yeah, you can definitely say that if it helps you remember, yes. Well, I hope you were able to learn the science behind the sci-fi genre you love. I certainly did, Dr. Jenny. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us.
0: about the science side of gene modification sure was something now in light of both the influence of pop culture and reality we have asked highly esteemed guests to join us today to spill some tea well not really tea per se but it's still something worth hearing let's welcome expert michael huang
4: i was studying in bioengineering at cornell and i graduated 2017 and right now i'm working in Uh, biophysics lab in UCI. Yes, I do have some knowledge in gene modification, which is basically gene.
0: With every new product introduced into the market comes a price tag, and among consumers, there are those who are more fortunate than others are. So can you tell us what you personally feel about the availability of gene modification to the general public in the future, and how more financially stable individuals may take away that chance from those who are less privileged but direly need it?
4: You can't stop the privilege from doing that, but you can help the underprivileged to also have the same opportunity.
0: I see! Then would you agree that gene modification should only be for families who are positive that they have a family history of genetic diseases and not for those who just want the perfect child?
4: Personally, I don't know why people would want to pick their genes other than having, having the opportunity to, you know, avoid suffering from genetic diseases, but I guess every, everyone would want to be tall, want to be handsome or something, but like, that's not something you can control from genes necessarily, it's not solely based on a, a single gene or something, you know, it's more like, more complicated than that. So is just based on like how people want to choose their looks of their children. I don't think we really need to worry about that until maybe we start to understand more in detail how genes work to interact with other proteins and stuff to actually come out as the phenotype.
0: Definitely an important factor when considering the possibility of it becoming a reality. Well, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to hear your valued opinion. We talked about how gene modification can affect lives in a personal perspective, but how about the psychological aspect of it? Give it up for Dr. Angela Garbin.
5: I'm Dr. Garbin. My background is that I have a PhD in evolutionary biology.
0: As it is to us, how do you think psychology plays a role in gene modification, especially those who could be modified?
5: We learn from others. If you are isolated, All you have is your own personal experience and your own mind. So it's not until we're exposed to other people's ideas and thoughts that bring us out of that bubble. If if you are a child and you know your parents told you early on, look, we genetically modified you. If this has been thousands of years where this has happened, Okay, fine. But if this is early on, you're definitely gonna feel like you're different. Mm. You don't have, um, you don't identify with other people. You're gonna feel estranged. As humans, we like to identify with others, right?
0: Very interesting. Genetically modified children will not only face a sense of isolation, but also a sense of otherness. It's too bad that this could be an inevitable phenomenon if the future allows gene manipulation to come to life. Well, thank you for your thoughtful insight on this topic, Dr. Garbin. Hearing about what the future can hold for us, I'm even more excited about science.
3: Mila was right about you being a sci-fi geek. Hey!
0: The future has in store. I wonder what I would have been like if my parents genetically modified me.
2: And that's my cue to leave. Before you leave, let's thank Michael and Dr. Garvin for the special appearances and valuable insights. Thank, thank you. you.